podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you got some general news and notes for the people? I do. I've got five of them here. Let's do it. Let's do it. The Texans just had a game in which CJ Stroud, Devin Singletary, and Noah Brown, who's been an incredible surprise, had at least 350 yards passing, 150 receiving, 150 rushing for the first time since 1998 when Peyton Manning was a rookie for the uh, Colts, and he threw for 350. Marshall Falk ran for at least 150, and the wide receiver shocked me. I thought it would be Marvin Harrison who would have been in his second year, but it wasn't. Do you know who it is? If you see Torrance Marshall, I saw this stat. Torrance, Torrance Small. Torrance Small. Okay, someone put Torrance Marshall. Torrance Small. They got Ter- that one mixed up with Terrence Marshall. I guess. Torrance I guess. Yeah. Small. I couldn't believe it. I, I remember him vaguely. But I, I couldn't. I was stunned by that one. That's crazy. And and I th- and you pointed it out, John. That was that's not the last time it happened involving a rookie quarterback. That's the last time it happened. Period. It just so happens that that was Peyton Manning's rookie year. By the way, that happened in Peyton Manning's rookie year, and the Colts weren't nearly in Peyton's rookie year what the Texans are in C.J. Stroud's rookie year. That was Texans a bad. Colts already won more games than the Colts won when Peyton was a rookie. And I don't they think. Have. I don't think Stroud's going to come close to Manning's rookie interceptions of 28. How many was it? 28. Can you imagine? I was covering the NFL then, and I remember when Tony Dungy took over, I was doing a story with him, and I was with him, and he said, first thing I got to do is get with Peyton Manning and get him to cut back on those interceptions, and he did. He did. (laughs) Did he ever? (laughs) Did he ever? The second one is – uh, you go back 40 years, 40, and uh, he's the only rookie quarterback to engineer back-to-back come-from-behind victories in the last two minutes. So, so say that again. He's the only rookie to engineer back-to-back comeback come drives victories in the, last- in the last two minutes in the last 40 years. Yeah, John, he's – he. Um, He's got the it factor, man. Like he's, he's, it's nine games. So I've caveat everything with it's nine games, but I have rooted for so many teams that don't have guys like this, at quarterback, like I've watched Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and, you know, guys like that through the years, just where the the guys where you watch. And if you're on the other side, you just know it's coming. You know what I mean? It's like you're at the doctor's office. Like, you know, it's like, okay, let's go. Get the rubber glove out. I know it's coming here. All right. I know it's coming. And that's that's what CJ Stroud is so far this season. He's the I mean, John, he he really should have three if the Texans could get off the field against Atlanta. You know, this really all started. This part of CJ Stroud's repertoire really started week five in that Atlanta game where he drove the team down and hit Dalton Schultz for that go-ahead touchdown on a play that he drew up. So yeah, that the was next one. Yeah, let's keep going. Is, keep keep uh, the notes coming. Involving uh, Noah Brown. I went back through his uh, game logs on every game he played with the Cowboys, and he was there actually six seasons. He was hurt one season. Last year, 
was his best season. He had, I think, 40, 43 catches, something like that. Mm-hmm. So the last two games, he's had 153 and 172 yards. He never had a 100-yard game with the Cowboys. The best he ever did was 91 yards last season, and he beat Cincinnati. And then the next best he ever had, 85 yards against the Texans. That must have gotten Nick Casario's attention because in that game against the Texans, four catches, 85 yards. Remember, the Cowboys barely won, and he averaged 22, 21.2 yards per catch. It was it's what he has done since he came back from being injured, but mainly these last two games, he he's open, and that last play he made to break the tackles and get another 10 yards, that was just so big by Noah Brown, who is in the last year of his contract. Yeah, well, he's in the only year of his contract. It was a one-year deal. Like, these John, these one-year guys that Nick signed, Noah Brown, one-year, $2.6 million. Uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, one year, six point five million, something like that. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, one year, just under ten million. Um, Den- uh, Denzel Perryman, one year, two and a half million, something like that. Uh, Devin Singletary, one year, two point seven five million. I'm missing one. Oh, Shaquille Griffin, huge pick in that last game, one year, three point five million. Nick has hit it out of the ballpark with his veteran one year signings, and it's going to be fascinating to see. Two things. One, how many of these guys he brings back? Like, how many of these guys want to come back on fairly cheap, one-year, maybe two-year cheap deals just to be part of this whole thing? Because there clearly is something special going on with this team right now. Two, what is it? what does Nick Casario look like shopping in the Dior aisles of free agency outside of the Texans building? You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's given big contracts out, but it's to guys that we're familiar with that are already in the building. He's going to have enough cap space, John, that if they feel there's a huge need, if there's a big defensive tackle on the free agency market this year, like Javon Hargrave was last year, you know, does Nick go spending on that? Does he bring that person in? You know, how does he do spending the big bucks on free agents that are true, like bring in from another team free agency? Um, I'm really, really intrigued to see how that goes, because as you point out with Noah Brown and others, he's hit it out of the park this year. I'm writing a column on if the, if Ryan's is a candidate for coach of the year and Stroud MVP, why not Casario for executive? I agree. Year? I agree. Uh, Devin Singletary carried the ball 30 times. Last time Texans had a running back, carried the ball 30 times. Alfred Blue, 2015. What? <laughs> what? Alfred Blue carried the was, ball 30 times in a game. John, who was it against? I think it was at Cleveland and he had over 100 yards. Okay. The workhorse. Yeah, that was uh, that was Ryan Mallett's only start that season, where he went from beginning to end in that game because that was they had benched Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Mallett starts against Cleveland, threw a touchdown pass to J.J. Watt in that game, if you recall, and then um, the next week against Cincinnati, he tore his pectoral muscle and he was done after two starts, um, but. Uh, yeah, that was Alfred Blue carrying the ball 30 times. John, you and I lived in a world and covered a team in which Alfred Blue was carrying the ball 30 times in a game. That's brutal. <laughs> he did, and they finished 9-7 yeah. in Bill O'Brien's second season. Um, 
Now, the highest, according to Pro Football Focus, the highest graded player the Texans had in Sunday's game, and they had a lot of players that played great, was Sheldon Rankins coming mm-hmm. back from an injury. He had a grade of 93.8, and uh, that was the highest for any Texan. And I was kind of surprised some of the others were as low, but his was uh, 93.8. He played great. It's uh, three sacks. Most of his career, last time the Texans had a player with three sacks was J.J. Watt in 2018 when he was on his way to 16 that season. Mm. John, Sheldon Rankins looked like Aaron Donald on Sunday. He did, didn't he? he I watched incredible. Brian Ballinger go over every one of his sacks using the end zone camera, and he just went on and on. He just beat guys. Yeah. Even bad. One time. Jonathan Grenard worked over Orlando Brown Jr. just like he worked over Ike Aquanu uh, mm-hmm. at uh, Charlotte, and he abused Orlando Brown. He's huge. Just drove him back into Joe Burrow. He got one sack, but he was great. And Jonathan Grenard wasn't one of the top graded players, but he's in the last year of his contract. He's going to get paid by somebody he is he is and good for him um hope it's the texans i'd love to see jonathan grenard stick around that would be great what's going to happen on these contracts sean most of these guys know it's their only chance to get a big one and they're going to go where they get the most money because that's just the way it is hopefully D'Amico ryan's and nick casario who work so well together will target three four and then maybe get guys like they got this year Guys who are hungry, who are looking for a big payday, will come in here and buy in and uh, play for a winner that probably next year should be favored to win the AFC South. Well, I, I yes, I agree. Um, this is where I really like having D'Amico working with Nick. Um, is that I think I, I think having D'Amico there as a guy who can kind of, as they're going through free agents, kind of sniff out the guys that that are the you know, the good culture fits on these one-year deals. I think that's the commonality of, of all these guys they brought in. Um, they, you know, they haven't brought in any one-year, you know, quitters or turds or anything like that. You know, like they brought in guys who are, like you talk, we talked to Devin Singletary in the post game. Damian Pierce is going to be back pretty soon. And if Devin Singletary isn't carrying the ball, forget about 30, even 10 times in the next game, and Damian's getting the ball, Devin Singletary's cool with that because he just wants to win football games. I think, I think, D'Amico being a former player and being with the 49ers and now being with this team here, I just feel like their ability to sniff out guys who are the right guys to bring in on deals like that is going to be, is going to be, um, is going to be at its peak. And, and as long as we're talking about rankings, John, the third sack that he had was crucial. If I'm not mistaken, it was on the drive where they held the Bengals to a field goal on that last series of downs. There's two people we need to shit through actually three people we need to shout out that it stayed at 27-27 instead of being 31-27 with a touchdown. Although I think even at 31-27, I feel like C.J. Stroud would have gone down and got a touchdown instead of a field goal if he needed to. That's how well he's playing right now. Three people we need to shout out. One is Sheldon Rankins for the sack. I think it might have been a third down sack, too, if I'm not mistaken, that, that, that forced them into a field goal situation. Two, DeAndre Houston Carson for tackling Tyler Boyd on that long catch and run that kept him out of the end zone. I thought he was – John, I thought he was going to score 
Houston Carson came out of nowhere out of the screen and knocked him out at about the six-yard line or whatever it was, saved the touchdown, kept it at a field goal, so the Texans are a worst-case scenario going to overtime. Third person we need to prop up, John, Tyler Boyd himself. Thank you for dropping that ball in the end zone, Tyler Boyd. Great job by you. Second drop, the first one he dropped sprinting across the field and might still be running. Yep. All right, John. Um, John, that was good news and notes. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Thank you. Good job. Yeah.